there, everyone. Ellen here with Kevin and Michael from Potadu's Women of Broadway Summer Series. We're here this summer to celebrate the big steps taken in our industry. The fact that nine different women choreographed or were slated to choreograph 10 different musicals this year is huge and deserves celebration. That step has led to changes in the foundation to theater, putting women at the forefront of choreography in our industry, which is amazing. But there's obviously something else missing. People, specifically women of color, are missing. So while we've gotten to the peak of this major hill in Broadway history, there's still very clearly a mountain to climb. Yeah, it's true that we're all in this together. And while we are celebrating women, it doesn't go unnoticed that this industry is specifically missing artists, choreographers, and people of color. So hopefully our podcast can open this dialogue further, and especially some of the projects coming up on Pas de Deux podcast later this summer and fall, focusing on the racial injustices in the dance world. And while we're on the subject of celebrating women in theater, let's just get some more women of color in there. That's right. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for loving dance and theater. And thanks for supporting us. And now, the Pot of the Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Pot of the Podcast. I am your host, Michael Mahaney, alongside two of Broadway's brightest and best, Ellen Marie Marsh and Kevin Michael Rapponi. There they are now. Hi, Hi guys. Hi. Um, oh, it's Kevin's turn to talk. <laughs> yes. We are back again with mini series finale episode in our summer series, The Women of Broadway. And this week, we've got another badass female choreographer from Broadway's unprecedented 2019-2020 season for you to hear from and celebrate. That's right. This week we're chatting with Sonia Taya. And what's super cool about Sonia is that, yes, she is one of the nine female choreographers who choreographed or who were slated to choreograph on Broadway this year. Uh, the topic we've been focusing on all season, but Sonia was set to actually choreograph two musicals. One, the amazing Moulin Rouge, which has been a huge hit after opening last summer, and the off-Broadway transfer of Sing Street, which was supposed to open this past spring uptown. Yep, that's right. Sonia is a totally badass choreographer. You might know her name also, not just from Broadway, uh, and those two specific shows that Ellen just mentioned, but you might know her because she is the Emmy-nominated choreographer from So You Think You Can Dance, Fox's Rent Live, uh, which we're going to talk about later because I have some questions about that, and uh, so, so many more things. Now, if you haven't been keeping up with us this season, we have been on a quest to interview as many of those nine female choreographers who choreographed or who were slated to choreograph 10 of Broadway's musicals this year. And since there isn't a Tony Award ceremony this summer due to the COVID-19 crisis, we're celebrating their work by bringing them on the podcast to chat with us. That is right. So why don't we start right now? Let's get into it. Without any further ado, our guest for today, please warmly welcome Moulin Rouge and Sing Street choreographer, Sonia Taya. There she is. Hey, welcome. Hi. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Sonia Taya is a New York City-based choreographer and director. Since paving her professional career, her work has been characterized as a blend of powerful versatility and theatrical range. Specifically this year, she is one of the nine women who choreographed or were slated to choreograph on Broadway. But like we said, she's the only one who actually choreographed two Broadway musicals. 
Amazing. That's right. Sonia made her Broadway choreographic debut last summer when Moulin Rouge opened at the Hirschfeld Theater. And she, this past spring, was uh, slated to bring her musical Sing Street, which had a successful run uh, at the downtown New York Theater Workshop uptown to Broadway's Lyceum Theater. That's right. Sonia has also choreographed pieces for the Fall for Dance Festival at City Center, The Lucky Ones at Ars Nova, Kung Fu at the Signature, which she won some awards for, so many other projects and so many companies and venues like the Music Center in LA, New York Live Arts, Jacob's Pillow, uh, Martha Graham Dance Company, The Joyce. She's also directed and choreographed for world-renowned musical artists like Miley Cyrus, Florence and the Machine, and Kylie Minogue. She also, which I mentioned a few seconds ago, choreographed Fox's Rent Live, which was an incredible live broadcast musical that we're going to talk about because I have some cool, some very interesting questions about that. But she has gleaned many accolades from her versatile work, including two Emmy nominations for Fox's So You Think You Can Dance, two Drama Desk nominations, an Obie Award, an Outer Critics Circle Award, a Drama Desk win this year for Moulin Rouge, two Lucy Tail Awards for Outstanding Choreography, and most definitely at some point in time, she will be a Tony Award nomination or 75. Please welcome <laughs> Sonia Tai to the box. Yay. <laughs> Oh, man. Whoa. Trip down memory lane. Isn't it awesome to hear those great things about yourself? Um, Drowning in gratitude, honestly. (laughs) Well, we are also drowning in gratitude for you uh, being with us today. This has been a, a, a really awesome series. We've, if you haven't been able to listen to the episodes that are out yet, we've interviewed with you. We'll have interviewed six of the nine women uh, this year that choreographed on Broadway. Nine of 10 musicals were to be choreographed or were choreographed by women, which is something that's never happened before. And Hallelujah. Praise <laughs> him. It's about time. Yeah. Exactly. So, so on that, just, you know, tell us a little bit about what it, what it was like to bring two musicals to Broadway this year. I mean, Sing Street, obviously, that's, that's something that we can talk a little bit about, too, about working on that show downtown, and then hopefully it will come to Broadway when things come back, but you know, having to work on something and then have it stop sort of in its tracks. But what was it like to to know that you were, ha- have this very rare uh, opportunity to choreograph two Broadway musicals in one season? Well, um, it was uh, a, a beautiful roller coaster. And it, I, I was, um, I start with being terrified and full of anxiety. <laughs> and then I settle for a second and take a breath and, and, and put the will and the belief system inside of me knowing I can do this and um, take away, try, try, try to take away the scope of the pressure and just focus on the project and make sure it's coming through as sincere as possible. So the expectations or the pressure doesn't um, take over my approach in the process, if that makes sense because I find that that's where you're the most insincere. Um, so I just focus on um, being really present and feeling an immense, like I said, an immense amount of gratitude, knowing that they're two very, very different shows. So that my, the most excited moment was knowing that this excess and this simplicity, both sides of my um, sensibilities will be down the street from each other. It's on the same block. Mm. Um, was really, I mean, I, I get speechless and all teary eyed about it because it's, it's an incredible, incredible experience for me. 
I love that. Um, also, tell us about uh, creating movement for Moulin Rouge, because that, when I grow up, I want to be Robin Herder. Yeah. So, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> I think we could, I worked with her in 2015, and I've never been the same. She's like, <laughs> incredible. We should make so, t-shirts uh, that say, when I grow up, I want to be Robin Herder. <laughs> we, <laughs> me, me, and, me and a couple of my friends, we meet, um, well, before COVID, we meet yeah. a, couple a couple times a month, and we, we call it the Robin Herder fan club meeting. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and it's just the best. Um, so, obviously, the musical is inspired by the film. So, how much of that did 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 you let it play into your approach for the choreography? And how did you go, uh, go about making it your own? I, I, I repeat this because it's really important, but when I'm asked this question, um, just so everyone knows it's not scripted, it's just a fact, is that um, the excess in the movie is so incredibly inspiring. Um, my innate way of moving is excessive. It's large, it's athletic, it's physically challenging on the body, and that's just how I, I immediately approach choreography. So the excess was so exciting for me to know that that was there and that the film is, was begging to be on a stage. I always thought that, even when it first came out, I was like, this needs to be a live show. Um, it thrives on hyper-physicality and my inspiration for the choreography was to attempt to try to embody the momentum the cameras have in the movie onto the physical body. Does that make sense? So yeah. the way the rail cams go, the steady cams, the cuts, the swift cuts, and the adrenaline that you feel when you watch the movie, I was trying very hard to um, allow, to bring that feeling onto a live stage. So that was my approach. Um, and I have, we have an excellent, an excellent company that yeah, <laughs> just a couple of the best dancers on Broadway, just a couple of them. I mean, I mean, it was, it was the hardest part was to make sure that the movement was driving the story because they are all so capable of capable of doing everything. It was such an incredible challenge for me to keep myself on a level of like i need to keep my standard high for them i need to provide for them and provide for an ensemble that i what what i've always wished to see just for me is an ensemble that is utilized this much mm. and that they celebrate who they are as artists all of that dance training is very much and all of the experience of fire and passion is very much celebrated on the Moulin Rouge stage. And that's why I love it so much. That's that you're watching dance without words for a long period of time and you're still mm -hmm. following the story is, a, is because of them and because of their fire. I'm so in love with them. I really am. I, have, I just want to have a, a follow-up question on Moulin Rouge. I, I, yeah. I think that's so awesome what you said. And this, this might be a controversial question, but this is something I've heard people in the dance community ask about, or the Broadway community ask about. So uh -oh. you're t you talk, no, 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 it's, it's good. <laughs> I, I, th I think it's cool to address this. Yeah. You, you talk about your, uh, your choreography being excess and, and that sort of aspect of you. And you also talk about this um, cinematic aspect of your choreography, especially with Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Now your choreography is is incredible and it and in a sense excessive and you allow the, the your dancers to 
to uh, do this incredibly athletic movement. So when you were de designing the choreography and thinking about it for a Broadway show, did you think about the idea that these people were going to be doing it eight times a week sort of a thing? Was that something that you built in when you were designing it or is that something that comes across? I know that's sort of like no, a weird question. No, I, no, that's a great question. I come from being inspired and being driven by the likes of Martha Graham, Twyla Tharp, right. Tina Bausch, women who push the body, women who set a standard of artistic value really, really high. So yes and no to your question in mm -hmm. terms of taking it into consideration. I believe in taking care of your body. So does the ensemble, the company of Moulin Rouge. Eating well, so does the company of Moulin Rouge. <laughs> because of the palette of the show, first of all, for me, I felt like the film onto the stage begged for that excess. So there's that. So I needed to um, honor that. And also not denying who I am in a space, regardless of the rules and regulations other people use or knowing that they're performing it eight times a week. Of course, we discussed it, um, but we didn't let that stop us. And for that, it takes a certain type of person to want to audition for the show, you know? Right. Totally. Um, and I love that because yeah. it, it's, it's mind, body, soul the entire time. It's right. acting, singing, dancing, and the want and the desire of that has to be high. It mm -hmm. has to. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, and you sure you you probably do an exploration of that throughout your audition process too. I oh, imagine. Oh, absolutely. You, yeah, yeah, we we it's a, it's an extensive audition process, but. Jerome Robbins, I'm not comparing myself to them. I focus on the discipline and the work. That's what I look at, not just the body of work, the discipline behind it and their process. Yeah. None of them sacrificed their voice. And that's why I continue to, to, to push myself um, to hold on to my voice. That's cool. But I, think that's that's why, cool. I think that's why you stand out. And I think that's mm -hmm. why your choreography and your dancers specifically, like, you know, I follow them all on Instagram. You know, Max Clayton is like, you know, he's, he's younger than me, but he's a hero. Um, but like, you want, you want people and you're just, you're in awe. And they never complain. They never go on social media and they go, ugh, another show. Or, ugh, I'm tired. Or, uh, no, they do it. They just get it done. And I think that's something that you instilled in your dancers. And I think that's amazing. It's it's beautiful. And I think exactly, exactly what you said, and I hope you feel this from the Broadway community, but I think you've set that standard and that bar so high that now Broadway kids are like, well, I hope one day I get to be in a Sonia Taya show, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, you know, a next level mm -hmm. and you have to me, Moulin Rouge was the only show I saw last year. Cause you know, when you're in a show, it's hard to see another show. Yeah. And I, but I needed that to be a priority. And when you see those dancers, the next generation is looking to those dancers and your style, cause you just, you upped it all. I mean, you really did. So yeah, you did. I feel like, I, I just feel like if I'm going to give my life to this, I've sacrificed a lot as we all have. There's things I'll never have in my life because I need, because this is my first love. That's just my, that, that, that's my story. And I find that the discipline sometimes is lacking. 
I, I go, I always go back to the history of how things started and what it took, the study, the dissecting, the analyzing, the obsessing, the drive is just what drives me. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean it, it to make the movement difficult. It just means to be sincere about your approach in every project, sincerity. Uh, what you're seeing on that stage is the utmost sincerity from the depths of my soul. Mm. Truly, madly, deeply. I worked really hard on that show. <laughs> it, it really all, does come across. It comes yeah, across. Absolutely. You like watch every. that show and you're like, you, you gave your heart and soul and those performers are giving their heart every and soul. Day. So you could yeah. see it. You see it. Yeah. Thank you. you. Really do. Thank you. Um, I feel like we could just do a podcast talking about Moulin Rouge, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna change topics okay. um, to Sing Street. Yes, um, I was a huge fan of the of the movie. Uh, it was a hit downtown at the New York Theater Workshop. So if you could just tell um, our listeners who might not have had a chance to see it a little bit about the show, yeah. and uh, what did it mean to you to hear that it was being you know brought from downtown to uptown to to Broadway? So. Um, I love the movie as well. Um, I, we, to have, it was a very interesting process to go, to not have an out of town, to open right in New York is always tricky, sticky, scary. (laughs) (laughs) To know immediately after we open that it's moving um, is really overwhelming because I, um, we had, and we had many obstacles in our way. So what the beautiful, beautiful, um, I caught me and Rebecca always talk about the, 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 the canvas that we saw at New York theater workshop was screaming for so much more. And I, I respect our, our realization of that, that it needed, um, a lot more work and needed to be loved more and needed, um, to be turned over and we held together as a company and we made a completely different show. It is a completely different show, but you do that when you go out of town, you have that much time to do that when you go out of town. So for us to have that will and drive, like we've been talking about the discipline and will and drive that it's possible if we just hold together and push ourselves and focus on what the piece needs and what the piece is craving and what the piece deserves was so fulfilling. So after New York Theater Workshop and during, we were doing lots of, uh, of new pre-production, many hours of new uh, uh, to re-prepare. So, um, and it's such a beautiful show. It's about these kids and this, this system that is broken and that they have, they're oppressed. They don't have much and all they have but all they have, they focus <laughs> on their imagination and right. their dreams. And how incredible is that to watch? No matter right. what situation you're in, that doesn't mean that it has to be your future. Mm-hmm. And to be able to push for that is so, I think, important now as well in the world that we're living in now. That's why I feel so honored that the producers are holding so tight to making this happen for when the world open, opens back up to watch theater because it's a really, really beautiful show about obstacle after obstacle. And this boy that sees this girl, this boy that's losing everything, has to go to a new rough, rough school, looks across the street, sees this girl smoking an unlit cigarette, 
<laughs> makes the courage to go up, up there, up to her and fib that he's in a band <clears throat> so she can be in the music video. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's just like bravery after bravery, dream after dream realized. And it's about the future. And if you hold on to your imagination and you hold on to your will, I really believe that anything is possible. I truly, madly, deeply believe that. And that's why I said yes to Sing Street. Mm. And we're going to need so that cool. so much, too. Yeah. After, I mean, we're going to need Absolutely. Sing Street. <laughs> we're yeah. Gonna need it. Incredible. And it's yeah. such a, it has so much simplicity and soulfulness and theatricality to it. But it all comes from the kids making something out of nothing. And that's what's yeah. so beautiful about it. It's a youthful cast. It really is, it is a youthful cast. That's that's got to be right. so exciting for them. What was it? What oh was it God. like to hear that? To have the 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 announcement about the move uptown. I mean, most of them have never been on Broadway. So yeah, that's crying, cool. jumping, screaming, running around. It was so <laughs> it was so exciting. So I so exciting. they're so in, the the artistry that these youthful dreamers carry is so inspiring for me. Yeah. Mm. That's so that's magical. Cool. That's yeah. and it, yeah. They, I mean, and, and then I can't imagine them working with you. I'm sure that they're already like, oh my god, I'm working with Sonia. <laughs> and then they go to Broadway, and then they're like, oh my god, I'm going to Broadway. Like their life is like, their life is pretty legit. I would have to yeah. say. They're the sweetest, and they work so hard, and we have a great, um, very soulful relationship with them. They're Ugh. remarkable. I love it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay, so before yeah. we take a quick break, we're going to yeah. play our uh, annual is not the right word. We don't do this every year. We do this <laughs> all the time. Our our game of hot take. It's called it's legendary called Sonya. game. Okay. Of Sonya. Legendary yeah, game of Sonia's hot take. This one is just a, okay. a few. Kevin put together this list this week, um, which is good because mine was getting boring. So this is... <laughs> I, thought, I was trying to think of like some things that we hadn't done yet. So yeah, no, it's very be... good. So I'll give you a, a this or a that, and you can give us the, the first answer that pops into your head. Some of them are A or B, or some of them are your own answer. And then Ella okay. and Kevin will also play too. So again, the rule, first thing that pops into your head. So, oh God, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I'm so don't bad. be scared. <laughs> oh my God, I'm it's super easy. Games, I freeze. Okay, go. go. <laughs> okay, number one, cocktail, neat or on the rocks? I don't drink. Great, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> uh, I'm on the rocks. On the rocks. Frozen. Frozen. Oh. I made up my own. That tracks. That tracks. Ginger ale on the rocks. On the rocks. On the rocks. Yes, Ooh, there you go. go. Ginger ale on the rocks. Ginger ale's my favorite too. I go neat too, but if it's the summertime, I'll go on the rocks. Um, okay, here's another one. Number two. Would you rather read the book or listen to the book on tape? Listen to the book on tape. Same. Listen. Oh, I, I just recently got into that, but I prefer to read the book, I think. Number three. TV show or a movie? Oh, that is impossible to answer. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> that is a hard one. That is a hard. I didn't read these. Well, right now, TV is nailing it. There's the yeah. series are nailing it right yeah. now. My answer is TV show. It's yes. TV for me. Yeah. TV. Right now, it's less of a commitment. Right now, TV. Yeah. Yeah. I also just, I also just think like I'm the type of person, especially during quarantine. Like I went back and started Baywatch from the beginning, from 1989. <laughs> the original Baywatch. The original David Baywatch? Hasselhoff. David Baywatch? Hasselhoff Baywatch. <laughs> Baywatch. 
I love that that was your show of choice. Good yeah, yeah. Mikey, it's just like that popped out. up on Hulu. No. And I was like, oh, no, that's I don't want Raponi to have that on his, on his, on the no. Safe. no. Permanent record. It is staying in. Kevin I watch Raponi. really heavy, heavy drama. It has to like, it has to kill me, make me cry. Are you like an, are you like an Ozark girl? Like, I'm, ooh, I uh, yes. Um, I liked I liked Ozark. I'm I'm I like I'm obsessed with horror films and and thrillers and also really intense documentaries. <gasps> oh. I'm watching the Epstein documentary right now. Oh, impo- I mean, brutal, devastating, terrible. Oh. Yes. The Kelly Browder documentary yes. changed my life. Oh God, crazy! All right, yeah. sorry, we're off. Tra- we're going. I'm sorry, Mike. Sorry, I'm sorry. Off topic. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> On a lighter note, would you <laughs> would you rather do laundry or do the dishes? Dishes. Same. Dishes. Me too. Yeah, that's a good one, Kev. I um, find the dishes therapeutic. Yep. Same. Oh. I hate both, but if I ask- yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah. I hate both, but I'd rather do dishes because it's faster. Yeah. Um, would you rather work alone or work with a team? Team. 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 Me too. Team. Camping or a beach? I guess camping in a mountains or beach. Yeah, like camping in like the woods. Um, I'm afraid of the ocean, but my will is to um run i i ran in a couple years ago and it didn't go so well so i want to try it again so i would say beach oh yeah I love, i'm a beach boy yeah. too yeah i don't Me love too. the ocean either right why don't you love the ocean <laughs> yeah because wait why I don't understand why it's very I'm intimidating all, but well i'm all up in someone's house causing a ruckus and then you wonder why <laughs> this is so true <laughs> But this is my thought process. There's all of this, these amazing sea creatures, and that's their home. And then, then I'm all up in there making all this noise. And then you wonder why they bite us. <laughs> I mean, that's re- that's it's true. It's kind of like There's what they. That, and then it's like it's the vast the vastness of it, where I'm floating and I can't run, is mm. very scary to me. The idea of I... resistance in front of me and I can't run is very scary to me. I've never told anyone that because I feel like I sound like a crazy person. I've literally never told anyone except for my ex-husband that I hate the ocean. <laughs> so uh, I, I can sit by it. I can, I, I walk. I, I love it. It's beautiful. But when I, when I go in and I can't bask in it, it's so the unknown underneath me scares me. Yeah. The vastness of it. I think that's totally valid. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's weird at all. Sorry, I keep sidetracking, Mikey. No, it's good. It's good. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, A couple more here. Cups in the cabinet. Upside down or right side up? Like mouth side down or mouth side up? Oh, they're, I mean, they're just disorganized. there's no order it's uh, it's funny i wrote that one because me and my roommates my roommates put them right side up and i've always been taught to put them down because dust goes inside the cup so that's same so i always argue with them i'm like stop putting them (laughs) i just rinse the cup out before i use it which well that too is a waste of water but um would you rather listen to music or a podcast while you're working out music kevin ellen Music. Podcast. Duh. The potted up. I mean podcast. I mean podcast. No. I would never listen to I will to listen. I wouldn't listen to this out. while I'm working out. No. I need motivation because I do really shit to me for me, I do really difficult um 
workouts do I need to like yeah we need the music we need to, like clubhouse totally. yeah yeah absolutely um okay uh two more would you rather sit and watch the sun rise or watch the sunset set yeah same set not a morning person yeah. yeah a beautiful i love a beautiful sunrise but the sunset is where it's the at sunset is always all right last one i love this one kevin this one's so good would you rather be rich and bored or poor and exhausted i mean both but <laughs> <laughs> yeah poor and exhausted yeah yeah, yeah. that's literally I mean, that's my life story what i am <laughs> <laughs> we're all poor and exhausted I mean, that's, that's, a, really hard. that's very tricky uh, sir. I, it no, is. That's, that it was, is. That was a really one. good one, Kevin. It is because, yeah, but I mean, I it is what most of our lives are. But yeah, and I think struggle brings will creativity. and imagination and will. creativity and, yeah. 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 And I think, really good one, I think from the poor and exhausted will bring the rich. Because yeah. once you exhaust yourself and you work, 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 because when you're rich, you could be lazy. You already have the money. Mm. So when yeah, you're poor and exhausted... And I mean, why are you bored? You have access to everything. That's you could get a boat. Why are you bored? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could save the world. Why are you but bored? But not put it on the ocean because that's yeah. just terrifying. <laughs> right. All right. Exactly. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with okay. more from Sonia. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. Hey, listeners. It's Clara here. And it is Michael. Choreographers, raise your hand if you could use more time, space, and money to create your work. Oh my. It's like... Every hand in the city just went up, like what? One, two million hands? All of them, and we can all see them, them all from and our fingers, tiny too. windowless recording studio. All the fingers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. We all know the answer is all of you. So, enter the CUNY Dance Initiative, or CDI. CDI is a residency program that opens the doors of City University of New York campuses to professional choreographers across New York City's five boroughs. They can offer you free space to create, teach, and perform, as well as financial support. CDI has already helped over 130 local artists launch new work, develop new audiences, and establish new relationships with NYC performing arts centers. And you know what? You could be next. Actually, Michael, we've interviewed a ton of CDI resident choreographers over the years, I think uh, during your tenure and before. And I will say they're just always such innovators in the dance community, and they're a really diverse collection of artists. Yeah, so many incredible choreographers. You and I had the chance to talk with Tiffany Mills last year. We'll never, of course, forget Jess's awesome interview with 2019 Bessie Award winner, tap dancer Caleb Teicher. And a while ago, we talked to Efrata Sherry, who's a B-girl and a house dancer. We talked to Annabella Lanzu, uh, Ben Royce Royan. We even got to interview the director of CUNY Dance Initiative, Alyssa Alpine. And you can find all of those interviews and more at potada.com, as well as potada on iTunes. Now, missing this once-a-year application to be a CDI resident is heartbreaking. So do not let it happen to you. Make sure you jump over to the website, cuny.edu slash dance initiative, and join their email list. And check out the homepage for application alerts, insider ticket discounts, and so much more. And if you just love dance, make sure you follow at CDI underscore dance on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Okay. Back to the pod. All right, welcome back to the Pod of a Podcast. It is time to play a little Broadway trivia. Now, if you've been following along this season, you know that Ellen Marie Marsh has been uh, setting Kevin and me up to lose the entire time. So, um, at least uh, that's that's my <laughs> suspect. Yeah. So this week in our season finale of Pod of Women of Broadway series. 
I am hosting. So, everybody ready? Okay. Look at you. Yeah. All right. Yeah, look at you. Yeah. Well, and, and I should say that also I should check. Ellen, are you still hosting Broadway Trivia? Is that still Oh, yeah. Thursday okay. night on Theater Mania. Good. Make sure you check that out. You yeah. can check that out on Theater Mania. All right. Quick review of the game. I'll ask each team a question. Ellen and Kevin will play against Sonia. After your question, you get oh. a few seconds to come up with the answer. If you don't know, the other team can steal. First to three points wins. Got it? Okay. Okay, we'll start with Sonia. Question one. This one should be a pretty easy one. Which 2020 Broadway podcast co-host also claims the title of Mr. Dance Explosion 1993 with a sign over his dressing room station? Tabby Cav. Ah, that's <laughs> correct. First one. of all, it's 2003. <laughs> 93, I was five. So, um, no, Me, I, you're the worst. Sorry. Also, I hate you. <laughs> sorry, 2003. Uh, legendary. Oh, oh my legendary. Oh. I aged you a decade, Kev. You did. I'm oh. not 23. Okay. Oh my God. Well, that was correct. Okay. Question to Kevin and Ellen. Yeah. Uh, which 2020 Broadway choreographer was nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award for her work choreographing pieces like Possibly Maybe, Turning Page, and Sail on Fox's So You Think You Can Dance? Sonia Taya. <laughs> Sonia Taya. It's Sonia Taya. We were talking about Keep this before the show maybe started. People will start to say it correctly again. Yeah, that's well, no, right. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Yes. Just say Wait, it like Kathy Lee. When we were talking about how to pronounce it, they were like, it's Sonia Taya. I go, you guys, Kat Dealey said Sonia Taya. Like, I... <laughs> and she knows. She, she knows. knows. Oh, man. Okay. Um, question number two for Sonia. Which Broadway veteran, podcast co-host, and British dialect enthusiast <laughs> also created the online hilarious television series Gallery View? Ellen, 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 Ellen. <laughs> nailing it. I'm Who nailing is it. nailing it? <laughs> British dialect enthusiast. British dialect enthusiast. <laughs> that, was, that is correct. So now, question number two for Kevin and Ellen. Which 2020 Broadway choreographer also set the choreography to the Romeo and Juliet inspired Jeff Buckley musical, The Last Goodbye? Oh, that was, oh my gosh. Oh, I know, Those right? Those pictures with James Brown and, and mm. Jeremy Woodard. I mean, oh, oh my God. Jeremy Woodard. I didn't see Woodard. it, but I saw those, those press shots. They were amazing. I'm going to guess yeah. Sonia Taya. Yeah, that would be okay. absolutely 100% correct. <laughs> yeah. Sonia Taya. Okay. That was correct. Um, that press shot, though. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I can yeah. see it in my head right now. It's beautiful. Yeah. <sighs> okay. That's uh, so we're tied two to two. So this is this is the final question. Now everyone has put up a valiant effort. Uh, <laughs> so do. this is this is our sudden death question. Whoever oh, wins no. this uh, wins the whole thing. So question for everybody. First to answer wins. Who are the best co-hosts and guests for a season finale episode a guy who hosts the Pot of the Podcast could ever ask for? Ellen, Sonia, oh, Kevin. Ellen, Michael, and Sonia. Everybody wins! Yay. Oh my God, you guys. No, we, that was we definitely got, my favorite trivia. We got Sonia <laughs> over her fear of playing games, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because she got it up. I'm sweating. I'm spitzing everywhere. I'm sweating too. I'm nailing it. (laughs) Oh, that was fun. So jumping back into the interview, Kev, do you want to you want to kick it? I do. I wanna I wanna know because I'm a I'm a dreamer. I'm a I choreographer. (laughs) I choreograph for dance studios currently, but you know, someday I would love to be. Sonia Taya. Kevin's also our uh, fierce, incredible swing at Rock of Ages. He is, uh, he's incredible. It's a, it's a dream. Um, This year, 2019 was a dream. Bringing it back though, your dreams. Um, Take me back to the beginning. How did you decide that this was it, that you had this gift and that you wanted to, to risk it all and, and be an artist and be a choreographer? Ooh, um, I, that's hard. Um, but also an incredible question. Thank you for taking, letting me go back in time. I, um, always loved dancing. I'm from Detroit, Michigan, where the underground dance scene was hot and heavy when I was younger. And my sisters would take me to these underground, um, dance parties. Uh, they, the, they, they were called raves, but when I was there, they were called underground dance parties. (laughs) And, um, it was, you know, Detroit has so much history and also a lot was broken that at that time when I was, when I lived there and grew up there and they would have, these communities of artists would come together and just these parties would be about exploring music and exploring dance. And I, I remember one time I was in my twenties, my career didn't start moving, moving until I was 31, 30, 31, because I needed time and took time to really study because um, my, my mother always taught me, if you're going to do it, make sure you know where it came from and where it's going. So I did a lot of studying. But I remember one moment when a friend of mine was DJing and I was moving and I felt like I was levitating. I felt like a cosmic shift. And I turned around and I saw everybody moving and I, I remember vividly in my mind going, I wanna make this. I wanna make this and I want, I want people to feel what I'm feeling, um, being in a room creating dance. And this epic realization and revelation came and also terror came because Dance is my biggest heartbreak. It gets me all stuttery. My biggest heartbreak and my biggest love, my greatest love. It tortures me and and it eases me all at the same time. So when I knew I wanted to do that, I went to school for dance. I went to college for dance. I didn't know how to dance. And I, I found, I knew how to move my body, but in terms of the technical foundation, I had incredible professors that, and, and friends that were in the dance company at Wayne State University that helped, that literally carried me through it. But I knew immediately, immediately that I, did, I never wanted to perform, that I wanted to make dances. So after I graduated from um, uh, Wayne State at 26, I locked myself in a studio in San Francisco for four years. I moved to LA, I'm giving you the fast version, sorry. At 30, I, you need an agent when you move to Los Angeles or you, you can't function at that time. I'm 43 now, I was 30 when I moved there. I, I was like, how do I do this? Nobody knows me. So I decided to rent a theater and hire all of my friends who I love. Um, and mind you, most of them come from studios. So just to say, working at studios is staring at the future. 
and there's incredible performing arts schools and studios all around the world. And that's how I, that was a huge step in the ladder of my dance life. So I, I hired them. They all uh, slept in my living room for eight weeks. We rehearsed every day and I got studio space donated, donated to me. I rented the theater and I made like 13 pieces of what could be, um, I just felt like concert dance and commercial dance could fuse together. And I also just wanted to express so badly and get people to know me. So, and that was the time where you print out flyers and you pass them out and you put them on the windshields and we were <laughs> everywhere passing out flyers and hoping every, hope, praying people would come, expecting no one to come. And it was a sold out weekend. I, 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 uh, I saved a row for agents and I made pieces that could be a Gap commercial, could be an iPad commercial, could be for Madonna, could be for so-and-so. And I created these pieces. Just so happened the agent that I wanted to sign me was there. They signed me. And three months later, I got So You Think You Can Dance and My World Changed. Oh my God. That is insane. I have chills. Look at my arm right now. I literally have chills. <laughs> <laughs> I I just want to go back. Oh my God. I'm look at me. I literally I can't. I think what's so important for our listeners to hear is that you didn't start dancing at the age of three. You didn't I had little peppers of like basement ballet classes once in a while, but it wasn't something that we could afford. But, but my I, mother had me perform dances in my basement and she was the audience clapping and <laughs> and buying me books from garage sales of Martha and Twyla and I just I just it was just inside of my cells figure it out mm. make it work figure it out do but the your work. fundamental training came from the social dance scene which is yeah. I mean uh, your formal training came but your you you I found mean, I, dance I, through social dance absolutely and that's the fundamental passion of social dancing could change your life mm. And, wow. it changed, and it changed my life just because I was able to tap into how I was, I move, not right away the structure of movement, no judgment, just, just what the theory of my own life is. I was able to move around and understand my body and, and be good with my body and be good with my tightness, my learning disability. I have a comprehension disability, so it takes me a long time to make, to memorize and to sequence. And I'm, I have there's pauses in there. So I, I was able to grow into my 20s, honor what people would make consider limitations, and I utilize them as strengths, and I put them all inside my process. Wow. I had, I, I did not, I remember your very first piece from So You Think You Can Dance. I remember what, like, that story is so inspiring to people mm -hmm. who think that you have to be dancing from the time you're three and that you can't find your passion. It's not horrible to say later in life as if college is later in life. It's yeah. not later in life. But <laughs> also the part where the body I, I only have a certain amount of years to dance. Again, my references, Martha Graham was dancing into her 90s. Twyla Tharp is 70-something now. I just saw her perform and dance her ass off. Sorry, I swore. Very <laughs> no. Um, no FCC regulations here. Around, <laughs> getting tossed around in her 70s at the Joyce. So I'm not stopping until they bury me. Wow. And, I mean, and the same thing goes for like a Paula Abdul who just like made another commercial about arthritis yeah. medication and she's dancing better than she did in her 
music video. Yeah, all that, <laughs> like, all that is just fodder for um, I agree. defeat. It's just, it, it, it's whack and it's not true. Mm. <laughs> That's how I feel. Wow. I That's how I feel. I, as if I couldn't love you more. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, so you think you can dance. Yeah. I mean, what, I, as I said, I remember your, I remember your piece, the very first piece. I was like, who is this badass? Yeah. Um, it was such an important step in your career. It brought you two primetime Emmy nominations for choreography. Um, what? was that show like and what was it like hearing your voice hearing your name called for those Emmys and just tell us what that show meant to you either at the time or even I mean I I told Raponi and Mikey last night I went down a k-hole last night I was like <laughs> I feel like it's 10 years ago I'm just <laughs> but um tell us about it um I it it completely changed my life and the one main thing I cherish are the relationships I have from that show. Jeff Backer is a dear friend of mine. He's a producer, main producer on the show, and he's remarkable. Um, so many dancers that we all love, that we all know and love, choreographers, I, I've cre the, and watching all of them soar and, and make huge strides in their careers as well. Um, it was such an incredible experience and shifted my life. Um, but I also have to say, I was the misfit weird one. And, um, uh, which I, I mean, I'm good with that. It works. <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing great. Yeah, it, you know, the, way, the aggressive way women would dance in it and all of this garbage that I would hear around. Um, I say that to say it really gave me even more push to really hold on to myself. I don't think I would have been able just for me to do that show at 25 mm. when I was 31 and had, and I'm still searching for a sense of myself. We all, I, I constantly will, but I wouldn't have been able to handle the pressure, the criticism, the, the accolades, the attention if I didn't do it, uh, if I didn't have a hold on myself. The root of what's so beautiful about it and why I did it. Anytime I can give dance, the art of dance to the world who probably would never see it is a true gift. Mm -hmm. For example, I walk, I can't sleep. I, I go to 7-Eleven at three in the morning often when I lived in Los Angeles. I would walk to 7-Eleven and there would be a truck driver starting his, his evening ride and I would be walking into the, to the 7-Eleven. He would walk out of, the, of a, the truck and he said, Sonia. And I said, yes, this truck driver. Yeah. And, sa and said, your pieces really move me. And I, I, watch, I watch dance with my son and my daughter and we love it. Thank you. Mm. And I'm like, Boom. that's where I, I'm, I know I'm in the right spot yeah. because it's all about access. Say what you will about the logistics behind the show, all the things. The focus is that the, we gave the world a chance to see how dance can change the world, change yeah. your mind, shift your perspective, and can be loved by all. 
And that was what I take from it and what I'll never forget. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I th that's what it did. That's what that show it did. did. It brought the every man, yes. our passion that we have had our whole life, but yes. a truck driver or a school teacher or somebody who doesn't have access just, to yeah, that. Just people you wouldn't expect to love yeah. dance. Not yeah. a judgment. Just people, just, exactly. just the world. That, that's where I come from. The, gr the grittier side of the world that just doesn't have, always have the access. It's all yep. about access because then what happens you have less fear it's less far from far from you you're able to embody it and embrace it you know mm. yeah yeah it's crazy too because it's so it's responsible for so much of the growth of what's happening now in in show business specifically in theater not just because you and many of your so you think you could dance choreography contemporaries are yes. choreographing on broadway right now but right. the fact that uh it's you've seen this wave, like what Ellen was saying, you know, of, of people who had no idea that this was something that they love that now have this appreciation are, are buying tickets to see Broadway shows or buying tickets to see tours coming through their town. Um, it's, it's just really opened it up. That and, and Glee, you know, it's like those two things have really just expanded yes. this, this world to people who had no idea. And it's, yes. it's so amazing that you, got to be in on the ground floor of that. And, Thank you. I, yeah. I'm, I'm in awe of it. I'm in awe um, of it. I also want to, speaking of Fox, speaking of television, um, yeah. you choreographed Rent Live, which uh, was something that was, for me personally, I was a rent head in high school. I mean, not, not a crazy, crazy rent head, but it was the first musical that I really sort of understood when I was growing up. Yeah. You know, I liked yeah. classical musical theater, but Rent was the first time that I ever heard something that spoke to me as a young performer. So when Rent Live happened, I was really, really excited about it. So the show obviously means so much to so many different people, and you got to choreograph uh, alongside Michael Greif, um, who was the original Broadway director of the show, which is very okay. cool. So obviously the the big thing that happened was the live broadcast and uh when brennan hunt broke his foot in the dress rehearsal i'm just curious like how, what what was that how what, what was the inside experience on that like obviously you guys used the footage of the of the dress rehearsal and then you did the the live last 10 minutes the finale finale be all of that but what was it like for you to have to sort of deal with that in the moment and um, re-choreograph that ending? The whole entire process I had, you, you feel, no matter what, you feel Jonathan's spirit everywhere, mm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. And his incredible sister is there, his father is there, his nephews are there, his friends are there. There are pictures of the, his life plastered all over the tents everywhere you're just consumed with his desire to make a show about real humans and strife and passion and acceptance in all in all um that alone is a huge i was i the minute i heard it was happening i just met michael the the night before i heard it was happening I was like, wait, serendipity, wait. I called my agent, I was like, they're doing that live. If I, and I, I've been asked to do some of these live shows before and I couldn't do them. And I was like, this is because this is the one I'm supposed to do. This mm -hmm. is the one I'm supposed to do. 
This makes complete sense. I called my agent. I was like, please, please ask Michael, does he have a choreographer? Does he have a choreographer? And he called and said the same thing. We just met. I think this is serendipity. Let's do this together. And I was so happy. Um, I'm outside. I'm watching the dress rehearsal. The process was incredible. I got to cast the ensemble. I loved every single person in the company working their tail off. Everyone. Um, tears and tears beyond. Um, just by the content, the sheer desire and the content of, uh, of, the, of the work, of the piece Rent. Um, I'm outside watching the monitor and I'm truly, this is not, this is real. I'm, I say out loud, oh my goodness, I cannot wait for the world to see this. I'm so happy. Ha I see people running out of the door, running out of the door, running out of the door, running out of the door. And I'm, I'm thinking, please God. Oh God. Ambulance <gasps> behind me. So just in front of me, behind me, in front of me, behind me. And I'm just, I have to stand for a second and collect myself because I'll panic. So I was like taking a breath. I walk over to the stage manager. What happened? Brendan, 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 what? Brendan fell. I run backstage. He's just exiting. He was just exiting after a song, walking down the stairs. He's done it a million times. Lost his footing, landed on his heel, broke his foot. Didn't know it was broken. I run over there. We're all over there. He's white, face staring, going, please, God, please, God, please, God, please, God, please let everything be okay. And I'm looking at him and Michael's there and I'm like, it's going to be okay. It's not broken. Everything's going to be fine. It's a sprain. It's a sprain. You're going to be fine. <laughs> Just trying to calm him. And I, and I said, it's, it's going to be okay. So then they take him away. We're sitting in the boardroom and we're just shocked. The producers, Michael, we're just in, uh, sitting at the table frozen. And <clears throat> a couple hours later, so we're navigating, okay, here's plan A through a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we got the call and, um, that he broke his foot. And I just, I was crying and crying and crying. And then I thought, interesting, not the same, not the same, but when they opened. Yeah. You know? Right. Mm -hmm. Ah, yeah. What is that? And I kept asking myself, what is this? What am I learning? What are we learning? Yep. And I surrendered. And I circled everybody up and we were crying and weeping. And I said, we will, this, is, this is the root. And, the, and this is the root of what is so beautiful about a process and why you should be so present in a process. Because I will never forget that process. What I'm infuriated about, I don't read reviews um, because they hurt me when they're awesome and they hurt me when they're bad. Um, and I just, just for me, I have to be good with myself. You know what I mean? Mm. And I, I, so, and, and then, so that we do the show and we, we say the, we did the dress rehearsal live. There was an audience. We did a live right. 
dress rehearsal. And, but because there was, it was so intertwined, there was so much dance and so much movement that Brendan had to do, we couldn't show it. So we wanted to show what we could because it, near the end, because he was sitting down. And then mm -hmm. we decided to do a concert version of it because of how much um, theatricality was inside of it that we wouldn't be able to give justice by doing parts of it. And right. we had less than 24 hours, you realize. It was right. late, we didn't know until like three in the morning, I think, or maybe later that he broke it. And we oh. had to be back up at 10 yeah. or not. So, so then that happens, I fly home, I'm gutted. And, and I, I promised myself, hold on to the process, hold on to the process. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. I kissed the ground. I kissed the table. I, I just, just did everything. And I, I, I get home and I'm gutted and I have to go to rehearsal the next, uh, that morning. So I'm walking to the train. I sit down and I hear crunch, crunch, crunch on my, on my bum. And I look down and I see the terrible review of Rent on my butt. There was a newspaper. <laughs> the newspaper was on the, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. The newspaper was on the bench and yeah. I sit down and I'm like, huge picture, you know, how, <laughs> how it wasn't, I didn't, I just, the, the, the scanning was the fastest I ever scanned because I, I couldn't put it together that I was seeing it. Right. You know I mean? I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, over. And I just thought, <laughs> wow. We're, this is what this is what they want to remember yeah this is what they want to remember again another moment where the world the world who may have not access who mm. may have a queer kid who may have an other in their home could sit and watch with them this amazing mm. show and that's what we're going to remember it really right. really really got me and it was brutal and then some people in my community it really hurt me um i would get congratulations ah no and squinty eyes and i just it just i'm just trying to give you the truth y'all but yeah. that happened and i was it was yeah. really really hard to come back from that i'm not gonna lie yeah. because it all comes down to the work and the story mm. i I understand. No, I don't. I don't understand what the. <laughs> no. I, I I wish that I wish that that in these types of um, experiences that there could be a lot of behind the scenes being filmed, so you yeah. could have seen what we were trying to do, and you could have seen how devastated Brendan was. Yeah. And how much we were trying to hold on to the integrity of what we made. The integrity mm. of what we made would not have been. And then, and I, I just, I was telling my friends, I was just devastated on the plane. I couldn't shake it off. I was like grateful to be able to touch that piece, but also devastated that this was going to be blanketed over the, tr the, the true meaning of this show. Yeah. That was going to be the dark cloud over it, that it wasn't live. The soap, this kind of live and the, and the sound was bad and the editing was weird. I'm like, you realize it was the dress rehearsal. Yeah. After the dress rehearsal, you take notes and revise all of that. The sound wasn't set. Yeah. We were still working with my, we were, I was still taking notes and working. We were supposed to have rehearsal all day before the live performance. Right. But suddenly in this theatrical world, suddenly they, people forget that. 
Yeah. Suddenly people don't know what it means when someone injures themselves. Do you know what I mean? Suddenly yeah. you're yeah. not as aware as you, you, you usually are. Would you be saying this if you were in this experience? Yes. Sorry, I get really heated about it because I really, really love it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I mean that's, it's so, that's so smart because like you, you know, as a theater person, I think maybe Ellen and Mikey can agree that like, I knew it was the dress rehearsal. Yep. I've been yeah. in dress rehearsals. I've been in tech. I know that. And, and you I'm know not going to say, you know, that we say like bad dress rehearsal, great opening. Great show. It wasn't <laughs> a bad dress rehearsal. Really it wasn't bad. And it, it wasn't. wasn't and I, I kept, I was, I said, when we were doing it, I was, I said, they're on fire today. Yes. We said to them, and we were going back and forth, should we pace it out and tell the audience like 60, you're going to see 60% today. And the producers were like, no, just in case we need to take some of this. Yeah. So who knows? Let's go full because they were tired. You know what I mean? And it was a yeah. long day. They were like, no, we want to do it. And I was like, okay, let's go. So there was monitors, cameras, different costumes, yeah. different colors to try. There was all of this stuff. And none of that was acknowledged, you know? Mm. I'm sorry. Like Brandon Victor Dixon's I'll Cover You reprise. Oh, God. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's already, I mean, your choreography, what is the piece that take me, what's the, what's the, what's the piece called? Is it Angel's Nightmare or something? What is it? I'm so contact? Is, is it Contact? Contact. Yeah. But the, that piece, I watched that piece, I, I watched that 20 times with all those, Fred and Morgan, I mean, oh, oh my hey. God. And then into I'll Cover You Reap, are you kidding me yeah. with that? Yeah, he's, he's a force. He is. And to feel that. I remember when they were doing it one time, it was cloudy outside. And I, ha I walked out for a second during that moment. Um, one of the times he sang it, then I heard it, heard it from outside of the door when it was sprinkling. And I just Ugh. let the water fall down on yeah. me while I was hearing it. And I just mm. kept saying, thank you, Jonathan. Yeah. Thank you for that story and just for yeah. being vulnerable with us yeah, and that was, telling yeah, us your truth and it is and we I, we are theater nerds and i was a rent head too and i had this whole thing on my instagram about how excited i was for rent i mean like i'm just a nerd <laughs> through and through and and like you know kale is one of my dear friends and i was like do y'all realize like she was it was such a it was so unfortunate the way it panned out but i was like this is theater the show goes go on, on. and we still do it and the yeah. fact that people poo-pooed it, I'm like, you know what? Like, that's not what this is about. But ultimately though, yeah, no. So I, I was just gonna say, ultimately though, don't you think the legacy of what this is going to be is what you're talking about right now, Sonia? The fact that I, I, I it's not gonna be about the stupid reviews that came out. I mean, and, and that's stupid because that's gonna be in the, in the papers and, and whatever. But ultimately what people remember about this are gonna be the, the magic of theater and what what you were just talking about, what you all learned and experienced from this yes. and, and how the cast surrounded and, and yes. took the message of Rent and shared that in yes. real time live on television. Yeah. I, I, I'm completely with you. I completely agree. The, the re, that paper. <laughs> that is so crazy. The story is just, and, and, and it was the first time I've ever like felt the umbrella. I felt mm. the dark cloud. Does that make sense? I, I can yeah. really separate. I'm, I, I really have to, I won't survive this industry if I focus on 
being validated by reviews. They, yeah. they are what they are. I can't deny them, all, but all I can, the one thing I can't control is myself and how I respond. But, but the, the ether feeling of it was just really traumatizing for me. But in the end now, I truly believe that that will, that will never go, Jonathan's legacy will never dim. And that show will, uh, every queer little person, excuse me, in the world that watches that show will feel validated. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. You're, you're such a good storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. Sorry, I didn't mean to mansplain or hijack what you were saying, Ellen. I just wanted to say that. I no, no, no. Okay. All right. Stop mansplaining. I feel like I do that sometimes. <laughs> I don't mean to. We're going to give you one last question before we let you get okay. on with your, with your day. We're just so grateful you're here and you are, yeah. you're such a great storyteller. We just, we're hanging Thank on you. your every word here. Um, so this, this podcast has obviously been very important to me being a female in this yeah. industry, being, you know, a woman who is constantly supporting women and you and all these I, I, I hope you can take some time to listen to these other, these other women that you are with are so different and so incredible. And I'm so sad this is our last episode. So I'm getting like all emotional that, uh, that we're ending with you. But um, just looking at this season of Broadway and what it is like to be with these other, you know, these nine incredible women um, and the, uh, and just what that means you know, to our community, to our next generation, to the young women who are looking to you um, and who are inspired by you. Um, what does that mean to you? And then moreover, the second part of the question, with the progression that comes uh, from the racial justice movements that we've been experiencing during this time, how does Broadway and the dance world in general just sort of move forward and keep taking steps forward in your Ooh. in your eyes <laughs> okay i am full sweat <laughs> I, you guys got me going up in here this afternoon uh, uh, in terms of conversations i think the system is broken because we're too afraid to ask the questions ask the uncomfortable questions read study and allow yourself to, I think because of the careful approach to conversation that has created unnecessary patterns that separate people. Does that make sense? Very unnecessary much. patterns. I love that. Unnecessary. They're just unnecessary yeah. because people are so afraid of saying the wrong thing with, mm. and, and I think it's all about asking the tough questions, not saying the wrong things asking the tough questions. I come from learning a lot later. And I think that's why I'm not afraid of asking tough questions. Um, I also am a uh, Palestinian, Lebanese, queer, Arab, Muslim woman. Mm -hmm. um, and um, <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, I, I have a lot to say um, and a lot to feel. And I, I, I feel so seen and comforted as a brown person when we just have conversations. Does that make sense? Yeah. Open dialogue, let's break it down because we are all from completely different worlds and we all have parents that are from completely different worlds. 
So how can we shift those patterns that may have been a little too closed and or not, not open enough or willing enough to see other or see different or just see? Does that make mm. sense? Yeah. Just see. And I really truly believe that all we all want, the common ground we all want is to be seen and heard. Mm. Is to be seen and heard. Yeah. And I think it is just the dance and theater community have to lead with that. Lead with fearlessness as much as you can. Lead with openness as much as you can. And let's break these unnecessary patterns down while we take a breath, while we try not to get hostile with each other, while yeah. we try not to pass judgment on the response or on the question. Does that make sense? That we yes, yes. I just, we were just talking about this the other day, yes. You don't have to be politically sound to want peace for everyone. You don't have right. to be politically intellectual. Does that make sense? Yeah. To, I, I, when I get nervous, I ask, does that make sense a thousand times? So my apologies, but you don't have to be politically um, intellectual and hyper knowledgeable to want acceptance for everyone, yeah. period. We are all alive and that is our duty as human beings who are all alive to be alive to the fullest because we're all ending the same way. Yep. Yeah. That's how I feel. Mm. In terms of moving on to the ladies, <laughs> um, moving on to the nine incredible women, I say to you, to be in a, a part of that row with you is unbelievably remarkable and a huge honor. All of you are a gift. All of you push me and inspire me and drive me and give me so much fire. I am so proud to be a part of <laughs> And I know that those shows will be back. Yeah. I know they will be and they will be alive and well. And I, I daydream about sitting in a row with all of them. Can you imagine? Hands, yes. Holding hands and rising up together. It is that dramatic, yes. Mm, yes. It is that big, yes, because it is a travesty that this is a, the first time. It is a travesty that we have to work so hard to be in a room. It is a travesty that a lot of my experiences in a room are me standing and talking so I can be heard, not sitting and talking. I literally stand in a room so they can hear my voice. Right. So let's keep standing. Let's honor each other as women and respect each other together. And when those shows come up, when the world opens, I will be there crying, weeping, cheering, screaming louder than this. <laughs> right? yeah. I'm so proud. This is like, I'm, I, Tony's no, this, that, no, this is the most important to know that I was part of this moment yep. is a revolution. It is. We just got to keep Tony, going. Was, that was like a Tony speech. That was yes, amazing. I can't wait for <laughs> Tony speech. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. I <laughs> heard it first here on Potida. <laughs> That's right. Oh my God! But this is real. It really comes from a true, 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 true place. It really yeah. does because all the all of those little Arab queer girls, I'm right here. Yeah, it's totally possible. It's completely possible. If you may have hurdles, but you can jump them. Yeah. Break them oh, down. Nice. Build them up. 
jump them and repeat. Rinse nice over clean the jeté right over the hurdles. <laughs> Give yourself a good <laughs> spot. Jeté over it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh my God. I love um, it. Sonia, you are just absolutely incredible. Um, thank you for being so vulnerable and, and um, such a good storyteller, like Alan was saying. I mean, this was just, what an incredible way, you guys, for us to sort of wrap up this, this season. Uh, it was just absolutely, absolutely inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much. Congratulations uh, to all of you as well. I'm, I'm honored to be the last thank you for agreeing to be here and taking the time out of your day to do it um so yeah uh you guys that's that's uh that's, that's it for the women of broadway mini series yes so i'm just like so this was i so, know i'm so emotional i'm emotional because of you i'm emotional because yeah. of the stories i'm emotional that it's the end i'm emotional <laughs> yeah. that we can't well, we we'll do wait more another year. we'll do more we'll do more we'll find we it we'll do more we will yeah. do more when um, we're back up and running we'll we'll hopefully right. you'll be super busy but we'll we'll try to snag you again to oh please do please please i would love it would oh love yeah it. this was um, so much fun so Same. much fun uh so for you out there listening, make sure you stay tuned to Potida. We've got, uh, as we were just talking about, a fantastic couple series of upcoming couple series focusing on racial justice. Um, and you're going to be hearing from a lot of incredible people, some very diverse voices, and how this racial justice movement that we've all been living through is affecting the dance world. Um, you can find Potida everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We're on iTunes. And if you do listen through Apple Podcasts, please, please, please subscribe. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. And of course, you can always find the latest episode of Potida at Potida.com. Make sure you follow us, uh, the show, on Twitter and Instagram at Potida. And you can also find us on Facebook. You can watch the show on Facebook and on our YouTube page. And um, also, make sure you follow Sonia. Oh. No, that's okay. That was awesome. No, that's okay. It's probably because you have to go. Because <laughs> we kept. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so make sorry. sure you follow. So no, it's okay. Make sure you follow Sonia on Twitter and Instagram at Sonia Taya, and uh, make sure you follow us. You can follow me. You can keep up with me uh, by checking out my dance blog, New York City Dance News and Culture, which is nycdancenews.com. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Michael Mahaney. Ellen. I'm Ellen Marsh. Just on everything, you can find me. Whatever. I'm talking loud and squawking about something. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Kev. And, and I'm at Raponi on Instagram. All right. Thank you for listening to the Pod of the Podcast, created by our wonderful friends, Clara Peterson and Jessica Williams. Thank you for you, Kevin and Ellen, for being such champions of dance and being here this season on this miniseries. Thank you to the listeners. Um, and we'll see you very soon on the Pod of the Podcast. Thank you for joining on this little mini experience celebrating the amazing, amazing, incredible women who made Broadway move this year. We will see you next time. I am Michael Mahaney. Peace out. Bye, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank um, you so much, Sonia. Bye.